Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Thursday afternoon. Joining me from down the hall here at the Seaport Studios in New York is Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. By the way, shout out to my guy, Ryan Gensler, new coach at University of Akron Women's Hoops. My new favorite person related to Akron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll finally come to Akron for a change. Uh, it's you true. have a reason to I, come to Akron. I do have a reason to go to Akron now, for sure. Good luck to Ryan and the and the Lady Zips. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, home of the red hot Dallas Mavericks, is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. Had to relocate from my normal office setup because uh, the IT department's got some stuff going on with a real job. So we're making do back in the old digs here. Unfortunately, the All IT right. department couldn't keep McMahon's audio from not working as it wasn't for a while. We thought we might not have him today for a minute. It was an, almost an unfortunate situation on straw poll day. You missed a The IT department really works overtime. I have to just say there's a lot there's a lot on on the IT department's plate to handle for McMahon. Um, so okay, so the Bontemps poll 3.0 as mm. uh, we we're calling it at ESPN. Uh, came out today, Thursday. Um, Bontemps, I'm sure some of our listeners have seen the results, but why don't you go over it um, for those who haven't? I mean, I think we can skip past the the fourth to 15th spots and just focus on the top, which is what people really care about. Yeah. Let me just say so. this about fourth. Jason Tatum, the only thing I can guarantee you about this, the MVP race, is that Jason Tatum is going to finish fourth. <laughs> right. <laughs> He had like, was it 90 votes at fourth? At 90 he, had nine, he had 90 of the 104th place votes. And and seems like there's a there's a Grand Canyon size chasm between the top three guys and him. And there's another Grand Canyon size chasm between Tatum and everybody else. So okay. that's that's the bottom of the ball. So Giannis came in third at 18 first place votes, 602 or 612 total points. And then obviously the headliner of the poll is Nicole Jokic finished second. With 42 first place votes, 39 second place votes, and 19 third place votes, 788 total points. And Joel Embiid in first place with 40 first place votes. For those who can't do math, like maybe my guy in Texas, that's two less than Nikola Jokic. 45 second place votes, 15 third place votes, and 790 total points. So yeah. the difference between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid with 11 days to go in a regular season is the difference between a second place vote and a third place vote. And it's smaller than the difference between a first place vote and a second place vote. So we essentially have a statistical tie with 11 days to go. How many points is it? Dose. Oh, two. Like how many (laughs) middle fingers I have that I would point at you if I wouldn't get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you've been, you've been a little profane lately. Uh, like, man, I'm just, I'm just especially trying to wind my guy up today because A, I had to work overtime last night because he wasn't at the game. And B, I wish you all could see McMahon when he has to deal with oh, these tech issues. Dude, it's just I'm just not equipped. It's like you'll it's equipped. like you'll it's like Yosemite Sam. It just the, the, the face gets that red and it's 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 great, it's great entertainment for us. Tech savvy, I am not. Uh, as far as the travel issues, I listen, I can't take blame for that. Um <laughs> You know, it is what it is, but you certainly had your hands full last night. And Mavs yeah, Bontemps was in full. Philly last night for uh, Mavs uh, Sixers. No, we'll get to that yes. later. He was on he was on cluster F duty. Um, but, you know, the the getting back to the old BS poll, I hate to break the joker, <laughs> but the gap's a little bit bigger than uh, than the poll even states, because you try to get as many real voters as possible, but you still ask me for my damn votes every time i don't have an actual vote and i did stick with joker number one on uh on my ballot it was you know it's like flip a coin at this point um i i am curious how many of your ballots or replies did you get before Embiid sat out in denver zero so, okay, that's so, so to walk, so to walk through, so to walk this through, a couple things on this before uh, we go to we go to my guy Wendy. So I was gonna do the poll after the game on Monday. The whole point of going mm-hmm. to Denver was to be at the the Nuggets Bucks game on Saturday, to be at the MVP showdown on Monday, 
start doing the poll. Second, the game was done. Do it. Have it come out today. That was the plan. No Obviously, wonder I couldn't go when, to Philly. Bontemps has taken wasted trips to Denver to go watch him beat sit down on the end of the <laughs> Kind of reminded me when I went to Phoenix to watch Kevin Durant sprain his ankle. That's right. That's right. In the pregame warm-up, it was a very similar deal. <laughs> so when when Joel was ruled out of the game, I decided there wasn't really mm-hmm. much of a point of waiting until you know Monday night after the game to start doing it. So I started doing it late, you know. Probably six o'clock his, Monday. His afternoon. evening was much more freed up, Bontem. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It was, it was a little, it was a little quieter watching Paul Reed and Dwayne Dedman go uh, back and forth with Joker instead of uh, the big fella. So yeah, so I started probably six six p.m. Eastern time Monday, well after everybody knew what was going on in the game. Probably twenty four hours later, the vote was done late Tuesday night. And to your point, I think the fact that this came right in the wake of people being mm-hmm. pretty fired up that he didn't play in that game is a benefit to Embiid's standing. Mm -hmm. I do think overall this is a benefit to Embiid's standing because I think if if we look at it as a tie at this point, I think the narrative factors are probably going to slightly lean in his direction Mm -hmm. because Jokic has won the past two in a row. There is some voter fatigue. Embiid has closed strong. He's had a little more momentum of late. But look, the the truth is there's only been one time since the brighter started voting for MVP in 1980, the 80-81 season, that somebody has won with less with 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 without having the most first place votes. And that was in 1990 when it was a very similar situation. Magic Johnson won because he had Charles Barkley had 37 first place votes. Magic had 28, but Magic was on 65. Uh, I think or no, I think he was on 38 second place ballots. And Michael mm-hmm. Jordan had more second and third place finishes than Barkley, and so that allowed Magic to edge him out at the end we're looking at probably a similar situation here it might not be that Jokic or Embiid doesn't have the most votes and I still think there's an outside chance because it's close enough that Giannis could make a late push because everybody's pretty so. uncertain how's he going to make the push he's was well, he going to be in first place well I mean I the don't Bucks, <laughs> let's just let's just let's just do this as a hypothetical right the Bucks play the Celtics tonight on national tv what let's say Giannis has 45 and they stomp the Celtics then he plays Embiid on Sunday Let's say he has another 45 and they stop the Sixers. Like it's close enough. I don't think the chances are very high. I would say it's under 10% that Giannis wins, but it's close enough. And there's enough uncertainty at the top that you could have 30 votes go flip his way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it wins. Like it's close. Basically, the point is with those three guys, it's close enough. A lot of this is going to come down to placement on the ballot among those top three spots. Like Brian, you have Giannis first, right? I mean, you said it on first yeah. take. If you if you decide you have Embiid first and Jokic third, or Jokic first and Embiid third and Giannis second, like those five points, a couple three people do that. That could be the difference. Well, look, the I'll, I'll, I'll just tell close. you what I did. I voted Giannis first, as I did in the last straw poll. I voted Embiid second, and I voted Jokic third. We can get mm. into why later. Mm. Had mm. I voted Jokic second and Embiid third. We'd have a different uh, leader, right? Jokic, right? yeah, Jokic should be first. That's how. So that's how close just, it is. Just, just, just what I did. Margins. If you want to mf me, Denver fans, just what I did would have changed the poll leader. Yeah, and that, like this is like the past several years, we've had a lot of times where people like to try to argue this isn't over at this point, right? Oh, somebody could win. Like yeah. last year, people were trying to tell me, oh, you know, Joel could win, Giannis could win. There's some other option, and I kept telling people. Jokic has too big a lead. It wasn't a huge lead. It was like 100, 150 points. I think it was basically the difference between uh, Embiid and Giannis in this poll. But that was too big just between two people for it to really change. Jokic was going to win. The one time that the poll has flipped from the last one to the end was when Russell Westbrook won in 2017. First time I did a poll. But as McMahon knows, he was at the game. You had Russell not only be the first guy to ever have a triple double that he clinched between then and the end of the season. He had that incredible game in Denver where he hit the game winner and everybody in Denver cheered for him. It's one of the most, that that was when he broke the record for triple doubles in a season. He scored the last 13 points to lead this huge comeback. He hit a 35 foot uh, buzzer beater to give him a 50 point game. I mean, it was like about a strong And And then the next game, the last game of the road trip, he sat out, which was the first time all season that he sat out. Right. And I'm you, sorry, and I mean, you but knew the finishing kick was ridiculous for us. Yeah. Right? You knew, you knew after that Denver game that Hart Russell, Russell Westbrook was going to be the MVP of the league. Like it, there wasn't really any debate about this. 
I don't see a scenario where we get oh, to Daryl Morey was debating. Well, sure. He was the only one. Um, and I didn't even vote for Westbrook that year, um, but I, he was going to win. But when you get to for between now and April 9th at the end of the regular season, I don't see a scenario where we're going to look at this and know how this is going to go. I think we're going to find out when the NBA has a press conference somewhere, whether it's in Denver or Philly or less likely, but plausible in Milwaukee to announce they're given the MVP trophy. think called the Michael Jordan trophy for the first time to one of these three guys. And that's not something that's happened since Shaq and Steve Nash back in 2005, which was separated by 34 points. Like it, this is truly going to be a photo finish down to the end. I'm glad nobody was in their feelings about that Shaq and Steve Nash vote. I'm sure that that, you know, I'm sure this will not have anybody. <laughs> Has anybody sure brought that up recently? Up. <laughs> um, Bontemps, are you going to reveal how you voted? Mm. I haven't voted in any of these. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is, I'm, Come on, dude. You make me vote. I'm not, I have a no, I'm vote. not. I'm not. I just I try to ask. I try to ask 100 people. It's not it's not because I, I mean, I have a vote. It's not like You're I'm trying, trying to replicate to the it. voting process. And you have a vote. You dimwit. OK, right. now let's more interesting now to ask the, other people. The, the Bontemps straw poll has been retired for the 2022-23 <laughs> season. Well, how as do you of, feel personally? About as of MVP right race? as of right now, I I'm I think I would lean very slightly towards Embiid, but I, I go back and forth on it every day. I at last week, I thought I was going to vote for Giannis. Like a couple weeks before that, I thought I was going to vote for Jokic. Like, I'm honestly not sure. And that was the other thing. Talking to people, yeah. when people submitted ballots. The vast majority of people are not are not like this is my vote. Right. Like people are kind of like, well, this is how I feel right now. I don't really have a great sense of it. And. And to be clear, I ask people to basically just give me off the top of their head, what is your gut feeling on it right now? It's not like I want you to spend 10 hours researching it and think about it. It's like, all right, right now, we're at this point in the season. What's your gut feeling on how this is going to go? And I, I think for most of these voters, if not all of them, I think I, mean, I was just talking to Mike Greenberg here before we started, and he, he's got a vote. And he was like, tell me who I should vote for. I have no idea what to do. And I think that I think that sums up how everybody feels, because as we've talked about throughout the year, all three of these guys have incredible cases and there's not yeah. a negative case to be made against any of them. So ultimately, you're trying to decide on these incredibly thin margins and somebody's going to finish first and somebody's going to finish third. And there's really not a difference between them. So it's going to be a pretty agonizing decision. Well, the difference <laughs> is two of them have won two. Yes, I was going to say. One of them is one zero. It, That's it, it, one it, factor. It is Go, kind of Embiid's turn. It is. Like, if it's close. I hate to I, put it that way. I hate to no, put it that way. But it's not know. like you're saying, hey, you know, you got to distribute these things evenly. But like, if you're like, man, I don't know which one of these guys to pick. Then I would say the tie goes to the dude who has been in the mix for the last few years and hasn't yet won one. Um, I. And it's funny, obviously, Embiid is the one who's campaigning the hardest, even though he's pretending like he's not campaigning. Right. Um, and, and last night he gave a, you know, a little campaign speech after uh, dismissing the Mavs and having a nice little chat with fifth place finisher Luka Doncic with big smiles in, at midcourt, uh, as the buzzer was sounding. <clears throat> but um, one of those things that he said there was, if one game is going to hurt anybody's chances, then I guess everybody should be out of it. Basically saying, hey, if you're going to hold against me for sitting out in Denver, then bleep you. What this tells me is people didn't hold that against him. And by the way, I think that is fair. If well, you had I, th that's one way to look at it. Well, I'm going to say, if you had Embiid number one on your ballot before he sat out in Denver, the fact that he sat out that game, whether it's, you know, density of schedule, load management, his calf was bothering, whatever. That shouldn't change your mind, you know, if you add him number one, right? Obviously, what it was was a chance for him if people were on the fence or maybe people had him as a close second. If he goes out and has another 47.18 rebound, you know, yes. whatever his numbers were, he could have certainly. It was know, a chance for him to end. Case. Yes, it was a chance for him to end the race. That's yeah. what I would say. If he You're went right. out and had a dominant game, it could have ended the race. Right. Like, well, he didn't have a Jokic but he didn't could have, do that. Jokic could have dominated too. 
He, that he could is have. Fair. I'm not. I'm not fair. saying Jokic couldn't have, but I think. I think Embiid. Embiid had the ability. It was the end of a long road trip. They're on the road in Denver. It's a very hard place to play. If if Jokic, if Embiid had gone in there and played like he did in the first game or something close, and Philly won the game, I think that would have ended the race. Because I think that would have given some, whether it's fair or not, it would have given people something to point to and say that that was an MVP level performance. He did it in Philly a couple months ago. I'm going to vote for this guy. And maybe it would have been the other way for Jokic. I would say what him not playing in it, just it removed that possibility from the equation either way. And so because of that, we're, we're sitting here in a situation where they're both tied. But I agree with you, McMahon. I thought my thought in the wake of him not playing, doing the poll, I was very curious to see what the reaction that would be and if it would push things away from him. And the fact that it's a tie after that, right in the wake of that happening, I think it's in the long run got a chance to be a positive thing for him. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Well, let's let's talk about the ability for them to improve their cases. The Bucks, I said, are in are in first place. Now they play a game tonight. When this pod comes out, you will know. What happened with the game against the Celtics? They played the Celtics at home tonight. It's the second night of a back-to-back for the Bucks. I'm not 100% sure who's going to play. I'm pretty um, – I would I would make a – I have not looked today. I'll check right now. I would make a pretty good bet that they're all going to play. They all played in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, they, they blew out the Pacers last night. And if they win that game tonight against Boston, which obviously, again, listeners will know what happened, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be the one seed likely anyway. But if they well, lose this game, they're only up two – and Boston would have the tiebreaker. If they win this one, it's officially over. So I think they're going to be trying to play this one to win. The Bucks have primed the pump. They didn't play Joe Ingles or Chris Middleton in yes. Indy on they, Wednesday They set night. them up to play tonight against the Celtics and slam the door. Okay, so let me just say that that's obviously a game that could affect uh, Giannis's case, although I think it's hard for Giannis to improve. They are in first place. Yeah. Philly is two games back of Boston. If Milwaukee wins tonight, which I would say is the favorite thing to happen, it rest advantage Celtics, but Celtics are coming off a bad loss in Washington. And Milwaukee's just better. Milwaukee's a better team. If Milwaukee wins tonight, it is one game in the loss column, and the Sixers have a game Sunday against the Bucks and a game Tuesday against the Celtics. And those are goal- and a game and a game Thursday against the Heat, and the sick and the Celtics and Heat games are both on TNT. Right, but certainly they have a chance. They control their own destiny in a way. And if and if Embiid plays well in those games, that he, in my view, and I will tell you what Jokic has in front of him too here in a second. In my view, Embiid has the most upward mobility amongst voters because of the opportunities on his schedule. The big games, national television, and the fact that he could, you know, if the, if the, the Sixers, now two games back with six to play, and they don't have level of teams. That's a big ask. But even if they, you know, if the, if he, the Sixers can get there, it would be a improvement of his case. Well, look, let's they've already beat Dallas last night. Let's say they win against Toronto. Let's say they win against Milwaukee. Let's say they win against Boston and then win against Miami all on national TV. Not impossible that they do that. I would assume they probably lose one of those games, but at least maybe more. 
But if like they rip off five in a row and he's won three or four national TV games in a row over the final week of the season. And he's putting he, up 34, which yeah, is his I mean, average. Well, and and he's he's like sealing games with spectacular block shots, which he did again last night. It feels like yeah. he's had a half dozen of those this season. Well, and, do you, and to your point about Denver, the thing that I think could work against Jokic too is because, I mean, they've been on cruise control for a while because they've been the best team of what's been an absolute joke of the Western Conference this year, and they've lapped the field essentially for the past few weeks. But, you know, they play Phoenix twice over the next week. I'm not sure they're going to really play either game because they're more or less locked in. They play Golden State again. I don't know how hard they're going to play in that game because they're locked in. Like, uh, if they like Jokic has some opportunities here to play great against really big teams and he very well may, and that could swing things too. But because like you said, because Milwaukee and Denver have such big leads, it'll be interesting to see how hard those teams play. By the way, in an amusing twist mm. yesterday, Denver lists Jokic as questionable with a right calf contusion, which no, no, no calf tightness it's or tightness. tightness. I'm sorry. Yes. Same thing. Which, just the same thing that Joel Embiid was listed out with on Monday. I was going to say, I thought was amusing. Yeah, speaking of strategic, was it smoke ducking? Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and this one, like you, you know, well known as SSD, strategic smoke ducking. <laughs> yeah, strategic, strategic. I was gonna. I almost said duck smoking, which is tastier, <laughs> but um, no, strategic smoke ducking. Um, for which I don't, I don't buy. That's why Embiid sat out. And I know, you know, there's this stuff out there. Oh, he sits out. This he was definitely the- prickly about that concept. Yeah. And I don't he let him. it be known. Well, and the, the, this is how often he's missed games on the road against the elite center. It's like, okay, he's the guy's been hurt a lot too. Whatever. Uh, again, strategic smoke ducking. I, I was trying to kind of, I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And I wonder how much the Nuggets analytics staff has put into this. Forget the MVP candidate. If you're the Denver Nuggets, I'm not one of these people who thinks the Lakers would beat them in a playoff series. That makes me in the minority at our uh, our company. <laughs> but but listen, you would much rather see the New Orleans Pelicans and the LA Lakers in the first round for the Denver Nuggets. I think that's fair to say. And I was trying to figure out, so if the Pelicans win tonight, would it be more or less likely that that they would avoid the Lakers in the first round, you know, would that improve the Pelicans chances of being the eight seed? So I guess like if the Lakers are the eight going into the plan instead of the nine, I don't, I, I was trying to kind of think through that. I don't know. I I'm not smart enough to do the analytics. Maybe we could. Well, the problem the old... is when you're, when you're evaluating that the Lakers play the wolves on Friday night, yeah. which is a huge game mm-hmm. too, because if the Lakers win that they move into seventh. Also, by the, the way, somebody right pointed out, somebody pointed out to me, we can't just keep saying every game in the West is a huge game because all these teams play each other every game. It's just they're playing games at this point and every game matters because the, all these teams right. are all bunched up. So they get all I'm going to tell you is, is this I, I, when it comes to the Lakers, let me just say this. They have not been over 500 since January of 2022. It's been like 14 months since they've been over 500. And that was when they were they were 22 and 21. It wasn't like they had a 12 game losing streak or something. They were like barely above. Okay. They haven't been above 500 all year. They started off 0 and 5. Okay. Since the trades that they made, the big West or Westbrook trade, I mean, they made the other Hachimura trade before that. But since the Westbrook trade, mm-hmm. they're 12 and 7. Now you may say, well, 12 and 7 isn't that impressive. Well, Okay, but then when I tell you they haven't been over 500. And, Listen, you know, 12 and 7 in the Western Conference is really right. damn impressive. Well, yeah, Brian, so, Brian went on national television this morning and declared that the Lakers have a chance to win a title, McMahon. So, I mean, I got your – that is, that hey, is listen, not what I said. First oh of all, first of all, it's what I heard. And second of all, our guy Tom DeCordy, the stellar producer of this just in, texted me and said, oh. quote, Windhorse is trying to match your spiciness today, saying the Lakers could be title contenders. Listen, Didn't he? Unprompted. Okay. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Unprompted. You just, you, you just said two different things there. I said they can win the West. I didn't say they will oh, win the West. I said it's they semantics. can win the West. Semantics. McMahon, well, how do you roll? Damn- I'll tell you what, if, if they ever get above 500, then the parade plan <laughs> will be like finalized. I mean, well, give them 24 <laughs> hours. Oh, my goodness. We got, we, 
we got a whole oh, committee. We got, we got, we got, you know, now Mac <laughs> eight seed and we got Ramon <laughs> on this. Wendy's, Wendy's, uh, you know, just playing in the routes. Got you guys, you guys got your little float ready. Well, What's going on? Here's here? why. Here's <laughs> why. You guys, you guys know, like I've banned Laker talk on this show before. Okay. Here's why. Since that trade, they're number one in the league in defense. You know what they are in okay? offense? Uh, 12 and seven, number one. Do you know what they are in offense? I don't know, but LeBron's also 18. been out a month. And LeBron's say, we're, talking, we're talking, we're talking, come on, come on, okay. dude. And I also watched Can LeBron I tell you play secret? against the Bulls. Hold Can on. I tell you hold okay. Okay. I watched LeBron play against the Bulls on Wednesday night. Like, man, you He's know where the Bulls on. are in the East? You know where the Bulls are in the East? They're 10th. 10th. Yeah. By the way, the the Bulls might get a little favor from the Mavericks. By the time the Bulls come to town next Friday, the Mavericks might be out. They might be might, trying to tank to keep their pick. By the way, can I just done. say something about the Mavericks? You can say a lot about them. I was going to say, have, there's probably a lot to talk three, about the Mavericks. They have, three, they have three nights off in Miami before their next game. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? Well, let's. Hey, the Mavericks have had some good times in Miami. 2011 at Club Live, <laughs> yeah. they had the uh, they, I, they, they had the champ, you know, the championship celebration. Um, a few years ago, they had Luka Doncic's birthday party at that same spot, and and they could have the 2022-2023 season wake at that same spot. Donna, <laughs> I guess it won't stay over. They do have a back to back heading to Atlanta, but you know, maybe they'll just oh, they they're not going to get a fourth night. Uh, they'll just <laughs> yeah. go to they'll go to Atlanta. Okay, good. That's that's not a place for either. Um, all right. I'm going to say about the Lakers is this. They have the number one defense for the last almost two months. They have LeBron coming back. And if you watch him against the Bulls, and I know the Bulls aren't good, but I'm watching him push off that right foot. It could go at any moment. Okay. I understand that. He understands that. He's openly pretty much saying he could probably have to have, he could have to have surgery after the season. But it looked okay to me. He, he, so, he looks like LeBron in terms of athleticism, explosiveness, and all that stuff. Okay. And we're talking about a Western conference that we, and like, look, Denver is really good and they're awesome at home and they're going to have home court through all three rounds. Really don't think they're clearly don't think they're all that great. If we're talking about a team you, that's no, you know right who else can win, can win the West. You know who else is awesome at home? The Grizzlies and they find in the West. Yeah. They they're I fine enjoy, when they when they enjoy, lost the Clippers without Kawhi and Paul. George oh my heavens, dude! Night. They didn't play Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., By Tyus way, Jones. Let's not act like the Grizzlies. I did were enjoy. Well, I shouldn't say that. Let's not act like the Grizzlies were going full strength in that game. I did. They play again. Ja. They play again on Friday night, so we'll see. I did enjoy Jaw after the game acting like people were uh, being ridiculous, bringing up the fact that he said that they're fine in the West last night it's like one quote that they've brought up over and over and over again it's, it's like pretty explosive pointed, quote you were pointedly asked you were pointedly asked about who you're who you're worried about you said one team which is in the east and then you said i'm fine in the west with malika yeah but about. then but okay. then he was also given a chance like that day or the next day to walk it back he's and been he given a hundred that's what that's my point that's why i'm <laughs> laughing he was like oh it's just people are just bringing this quote up over and over again it's like gee i don't know why I don't are know you why bringing up you declared you're gonna hey, win hey, he's got he's got to keep going up the chimney you can't you know you can't be selective with the direction on your in your chimney travels there look i just i can't ignore a team that is playing that is getting great basketball from anthony davis playing very good team defense can't ignore and can't ignore a ninth place team mcmahon can't ignore that's him. what i'm first well, off there let me tell you eighth, i'm sorry eight can't ignore him can't ignore him the, the two teams let's start talking the about the atlanta record. hawks let's two talk teams let's talk the best about home records in the nba are the two teams that the lakers might see in the first round that's all i'm gonna say listen I'm i'll tell you saying, what though I, look, okay hey, wait a minute i've covered Grizzlies, the league for 20 years Grizzlies, Fontes, Lakers. how long you covered the league for 10 years uh, this is my 11th or 12th season, something like that. McMahon, how many years you covered the NBA for? I've had one uh, awards ballot season. <laughs> how many years you covered the NBA for? It's been uh, a long time. Been a while, Over a decade. A Over a yes. decade. Have you ever seen a team that was in eighth place that was that was had more that had more upward mobility this year than the Lakers? I've never seen a team that's been in eighth place has gotten more TV time. I'll say that, that. wasn't Certainly. the question. That's certainly true. <laughs> that wasn't the question. 
And I'm telling you, despite that. Yeah, I mean, some of the years, they- some of the years when like, you know, like the the West actually had lots of good teams and the eighth place team had won like 52 games, I would say yes. No, there was no eighth team that had Anthony Davis uh, and listen, LeBron James. The no. fact that look, no. they do have LeBron and AD, you know, that, that gives them. Because this reason to talk about them every pod, that's for sure. But, sir, well, can I, mean, I ask you a question? Do you believe D'Angelo Russell can be the starting point guard on a, on a finals team? That's a very good point. I'm just asking. Just be honest. No, it's a, it's a great look. Look, dudes. I also remember when Rui Hachimura was, was laid out to be like the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he's on. You guys, playing. you guys can shoot a hundred holes in it, and I won't disagree with any of it. But you can also have to acknowledge that they are dangerous. And we're just, listen, we're grasping at straws to give, to give us reasons to talk about the Lakers. I mean, no, you're I about how they play think, I, and I'm saying, I don't believe in that. I think that they should be talked about. I definitely think they're good enough to, to lose in six games to a much better team in the first round. Yes, I do. Okay, fine. I mean, that's like, I'm not debating that that could happen, but I also think we are, we are among the first to, to, to announce Laker ridiculousness and ban them. And so I also think it's fair, just like I think it's fair to say Russell Westbrook had a great game, regardless of who was playing. He did. The By the Russell way, Westbrook I, had a great game and an important win also, for the Clippers. Also, of that, I, no, I just want to say this because it's a great stat. Uh, so Robert Covington and uh, Russell Westbrook combined to go 12 for 12 from three last night. You want to know what the percentage chance of that was happening? I had Stats Williams run the math Oof. for me. I'm going to say one like, in one in 250,000. Holy Macanuka. Okay, like but not but, not but, knocking Russ. He had a great game. It just is a funny okay. stat. That's all right. All. Absolutely fair. But that isn't that the point of the Clippers is that did they you, have did, so much depth that they can have something like that happen. Well, did you see what Josh said when when uh, somebody asked him if he thought the Clippers could shoot that well again Friday night? He said, "I plead the fifth. <laughs> that, that's a direct <laughs> quote. That's what he said. Um, I, as far as Russ goes, like none of us liked. The Clippers picking him up. We all questioned it. We all yeah. said, hey, if they start him, it's a mistake, blah, blah, blah. I said it. We all did. Like, you're not, you weren't alone on that one. Like, the, you know, we all said that. The fact that Paul George is hurt now and they don't know when he's coming back, like having Russ on the roster might be a, a season saver for them. Well, and by the way, it absolutely all, need him generating offense now. Yeah. In all seriousness, like this is going to be seen as a dig, but I really genuinely don't think it is. You look at this team they had out there last night. That's the kind of team Russell Westbrook can be yeah, effective on. 100%. One, he's out there. They started Eric Gordon, Terrence Mann, Avika Zubach, Nick, Nicola Batum, and Russell Westbrook. That's a team where Westbrook is going to have the ball in his hands all the time. And you got a decent amount of shooting around him. Right, well, his that, his year with the Wizards, he put up great numbers, and yeah. they won well, however many games, thirty whatever. But like, yeah, I agree. They like, the playoffs. They, they've they've if he's on a team, he's still a guy who can raise the floor of a team and can win a game like that one last night. Now again, they had some pretty hot shooting. We'll see. They you know Memphis didn't play people. We'll see what it looks like in the playoffs. But again, that is the kind of game. Like to McMahon's point. The Clippers right now, they still need to win more games. They got to lock in one of these top six seeds, especially with Paul George out. It's pretty important mm-hmm. for them to not be in the play-in. If they're sixth and they get an extra week, maybe Paul George can be back at the start of the first round. I, I think it's having to win a game them, or two without him. I think it's important for them to lock in the sixth seed specifically. They don't want to be the five seed. And we're going to see, and the Clippers are, the are, I, I was going to say they're the kings of it. They're trying to play the kings. But the Clippers, have, you know, we might get an. Can they sign Daniel Otura? Where's he? Because they might need to. They might need to feed him about. 30 You're referencing the game a couple of years ago uh, in the tank. Daniel Otura in Oklahoma Point City. Poku, two teams that were totally tanking for completely different reasons. The Clippers lost, but they won, and they got the matchup they wanted against the Mavericks. But yeah, like, hey, the Clippers absolutely. I think they'll probably try to finagle the matchups to, to get to six again because all due respect to the kings and by the way we got it we got to do some beam lighting here we got to celebrate the kings oh the i fact got to sure be a question on the kings okay we'll just we'll wait i was waiting all to right. get it in but all, all right, due respect right there's no doubt like i'm sorry kevin durant and the Suns or 
you know, the, the, the King snap in a 16 year playoff drought, like, come on, man, it's not close. Which one you'd rather face in the first and round. And also the Kings are a bottom six, five or six defense. I mean, which yes. is what you want to see. All right, go ahead. Bond times trivia. More hoop collective podcast after this. You can now stream the most MLB games on direct TV without a satellite dish. Yes. Catch the clutch hitch strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. And now, to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. So, we got a we got a three a three-part trivia question to celebrate a couple teams oh that God. have Well, no, it's their just hold on. Celebrate a couple teams that have broken some streaks and made the playoffs. So, start with the Kings. Last time they made the playoffs, 2006, who was the leading scorer on the Kings? Last time they made was the that, playoffs. Was that Meta Sandiford Artest on the team? Finished second Meta World Peace at the time, second in scoring, 16.9 points per game. He was second. Uh, Kevin Martin. Was Kevin Martin on that team? Kevin Martin was on the team, seventh in scoring. Seventh? Seventh. Oh, okay. That was pretty. It's too God, young. Who was their leading scorer? Um, Gerald Wallace. Gerald Wallace, not on the team. He was already in. It wasn't uh, Brad Miller who didn't lead him in scoring. Brad Miller was, was fourth on the team in scoring. I thought this would be a fairly easy answer. Golly. And I Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby was the answer. Mike Bibby? Scored 21, wow, scored 21 a game. Now, okay. second part of the question. Uh, the Cavs have clinched a playoff spot without LeBron for the first time in 25 years. When did you get this one? Who was the leading scorer on the 98 Cavs? Sean Kemp. That was a layup for me. That's a, that's a layup. I thought and this was going to be. If all of them were this easy. If all of them were about 1990s Cavs. Well, Stuff. This was the fun part. Sean this Kemp, was all he could do was lay it up. Then he couldn't dunk anymore. <laughs> this was the fun part of the trivia question that I thought would I did not think you'd get. I thought you'd get Mike Bibby easily. There is one player that was on both the 2006 Kings and the 1998 it. Cavs. Oh, well, I thought I thought Brian. This is going to be my greatest moment in in hoop collective <laughs> I mean, trivia. It's history. sort of a layup for Brian, but I I'm glad you got it. I'll give I'll give Whit McMahon a chance first, but he's not going to get it. I am. I have no earth. Who is it, Brian? No earthy. The Tally Patapico. That is correct. Wow. He played nine games for the Kings in 2006. How did you know? How did you know he now, was on the now Kings? a Grizzlies assistant coach? That's yeah, right. I, I thought I mean, you might know it, man, because of your Memphis ties, maybe. But I was going to say that. I never would have gotten that, but I saw a note that the last person to score a playoff basket for the Kings in 2006 was Vettel oh, Patapico. Oh, wow. That's yeah. I, I so no, I mean, I definitely cheated, but also I would have had to know that the Topico was on the nineties, 98 caps. Well, I thought you might be able so. to guess it just because of that. And it would be random. He, he only played nine games. That's why okay. I'm uh, surprised he was in. the. Playoffs. I should have just said, I knew it. I should have just said I was an expert on the 1998 Cavs yeah. and knew everything about it, but. Um, it's still a good moment for you. Trivia wise. You know, you and I remember about that 1998 <laughs> This is a, I don't know. This is a, a needed story at this point, but they played Indiana in the playoffs that year, and it was a they lost in the series. I think it was still a um, best of five situation, um, and Mike Fratello was angry that when he called the timeout, Mike Fratello was the coach. He couldn't take his chair out of the of the because um, the, the chairs they were like the bench linked chairs, together were linked together with like a, like, like wire or something. And so Fratello ordered his team manager, like in the first quarter to go to go get Lowe's, a chair, <laughs> no, to go to Lowe's and get a bolt oh. cutter. And they, no, he wanted to make a point. Oh, cut, wow. <laughs> cut the, uh, the, the cord, like send a message to the, to the Pacers. We're not going to put up with this. 
Uh, they amazing. lost in four. I think they lost in four. Well, it's, well, I was going to ask, I was going to do that trivia question on Sunday and then we got, we got uh, waylaid and we did it, but I wanted to shout out both those teams. And like you said, big man, I was bummed for the Kings fans that they didn't get to celebrate that. You know, you talked about with Spears that they didn't get to celebrate it on, uh, on Monday at home in that game against mm-hmm. Minnesota would have been cool. Um, by the way, speaking, they, cause as Spears said, we knew they were going to be Portland. Another incredible stats, Williams stat combined. Post All-Star break last season and this season. The Portland Trailblazers have six victories. You want to know how many times they've lost by 30, by 30 or more points after losing by 40 to the Kings? What's you their guess? overall record? What's their overall record? I haven't, I haven't checked the overall record. 15. Close. The answer is 13 times. Hey, I mean, honestly, listen, there's tanking and then there's what the tank Blazers do. This is like, it's embarrassing it's it's, 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 it's such a terrible product it is really gross i will say this though it was kind of a cool thing last night there were so many kings fans there at the end of the game they were chanting light the beam light the beam and it was kind of a cool moment obviously they missed their moment on monday um to, hey to it's awesome it for the kings fans man yeah. i don't think there's there's you're not going to find a person in the league that's not really really happy for the Kings fan. I mean, they, they've been one of the most loyal fan bases in the league for forever. And they've had to deal with just one miserable season after another. This team is super fun. The light, the beam thing has been awesome. It's been one of the great stories of the year that they've, that they've been able to do this. By the way, can we just, it's play the lottery out 14. You don't give these teams a, a, a floor, right? If you finish with the fifth, Best odds, you still might end up with the 14th pick. You got to play six and out. by the way, six and 35 over the past two years. I mean, it's so it's a third like, of their games have essentially been decided by 30 or more points. Yeah, they're they're like just don't even like don't even waste the jet fuel. Like, think of the <laughs> it's think a of long the way up there. Well, and I, I mean, I, I've talked to people in the league who, uh, you know, one potential way to do it would be to have losses count to a certain point in the season, whether it's 50 games in all-star break, 60 yeah. games in, and then have wins count after that and add it together. So it gives teams an incentive to play towards the end of the season. And it, it benefits some teams that are trying to play to make the playoffs still. And it, it incentivizes you to not be just having these games where, you know, you have all, you know, essentially your entire starting lineup, not playing well, that's the thing that's what's so remarkable about this blazers thing is that the play in tournament has significantly reduced tanking we have teams that have tried to get into it and we have teams that have done some stuff in the play-in like last year the pelicans yeah kind of use the play-in as a springboard although they've had a setback this year because of injury and yet the blazers persevered to have two of all-time tanking showings i tell uh, you despite the the play-in the Pacers tank a palooza right now is pretty impressive too. Well, they did that last year too. They they, they made, did. They, and know, they a, a Rick Carlisle's becoming quite the savvy tanker. I mean, going back to his Mavs days, Carlisle he is becoming one hell of a uh, well. Listen, tank commander. No Chauncey they, they, though. He's no Chauncey though. <laughs> they had their first uh, lot a top pick inside the top ten in like thirty years, and they got Ben Matherin. Yeah, they're like, let's get another one like that. I don't blame them, but I'm just saying. By the way, before we go here, because Bontemps has to go do Sports Center, and then we're going to do this just in. Wow, he didn't say deals. who was on uh, the the All NBA ballot, but I do believe Mr. Demontis Sabonis, yes. got a number of votes. Mr. Yeah, Demontis Sabonis, Sabonis, MVP Sabonis, on the BS yeah, ballot. Sabonis, Sabonis was uh, seventh behind Jay Gilds Alexander, who's got a chance to I think be the second Canadian. Uh, to ever get an MVP vote behind the guy who was on my ballot. Shay was on my ballot. Shay will certainly get votes. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, Sabonis would be be the first king to get a vote since Peja in 2004, I think, Peja Stojakovic. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, the fifth place was a mess because you had guys like Luca and yeah. um, and Shay who were on teams that are a little under 500. I would have Shay on there because of how much he's elevated that group as opposed to the mess that the Mavs are. By the way, we should well, talk about you the know, Mavs The thing is, is that is that Darren Fox has been such a incredible yeah. clutch player, but it was Sabonis who got. Yeah, I would have. I would have. Pro- if I was going to vote for a king, I probably would have voted for Fox. I could certainly see why he vote for Sabonis. He's been incredible, and I think he's got a very good chance to be the third team All NBA center. Um, no, but they should, the they should both be All NBA. They should both be All NBA. 
Yeah, I mean, you you talked about it with uh, with Zach the other day. I mean, the yeah. the the guard, and we talked about it before. The the guard line for the All NBA is going to be bonkers. I mean, it's so deep. You there's 10, 12 guys that have yeah. deserving candidacies, and you're only going to be able to vote for six of them, uh, as opposed to the forward lines we talked about the other day. There's just not a lot of candidates. All right, we'll, and, we'll talk about uh, the All NBA next week. Um, a lot of times you got to go, but you, you were in doubt. You were with the Mavericks last night. Another disappointing loss where they just wilted down the stretch. Philly's a good team. They win at home. Yeah, it didn't surprise me they lost, but it was more, you know, alarming that they just got nothing out of their two stars down the stretch in that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, I I can. Um, I was sitting there where you texted at the start of the fourth quarter. I asked McMahon how he thought it would go, and he thought. Dallas would probably lose late. Philly would come back and win. I thought the same. And then they come out and Tim, uh, Tim Hardaway banks in a three. He throws in another one from deep. I was thinking, all right, maybe this is going to be Dallas's day. But when you have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and you score two baskets in seven minutes to end the game, get outscored 16 to five and lose. And you get, you know, have terrible end to the second quarter, a terrible end to the third quarter. You had a, a fairly rough end of the first quarter, except that George and Yang plowed into Josh Green and gave him a four-point play um, at the buzzer. Um, you know, Kyrie, I thought, summed things up fairly well, frankly, when he said, we just weren't poised enough down the stretch of the game. And no, I when, he, when he said their play-in chances were essentially a cluster F, I well, thought that's that certainly well That too. certainly did sum the whole situation up. But yeah, also, I mean... Also, interesting that Kyrie, who politely requested that nobody ask him about his free agency decision uh, last night started mentioning that, you know, his questions are about what's the future going to look like. That, that was an interesting thing that he brought up. Well, look, it was a very, I, I asked Kyrie cause he talked about things being in flux. I don't remember exactly how he phrased it since he got there. And I said to him, it's you've been through a lot in your career, but you haven't been traded mid season before. What has it been like? Which led to a very long answer where he talked about trying to get used to everybody in the organization and as I you thought said, it was a very good answer for, for Kyrie, who sometimes is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well, a hold very on, cogent, on. fair answer. It was it was a thoughtful answer for the first half of it, where he was talking about all of those things and said, to McMahon's point, I thought it was very interesting. He just brought up the big question is, what does our future look like? I was yeah. like, yeah, that is a pretty big question, Kyrie. I, yeah. It's a pretty big question for yeah, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Are, are, are you ready to start answering that one? Because we, we, we've been holding off. That's right. And then he goes into this whole thing about how the situation is a cluster bleep, which it obviously is, and they're not in the play in. And then he veers into this whole territory, typical Kyrie fashion about, well, I plan to finish the year in Brooklyn and I had goals there. And then I, this trade request came out of nowhere. How did he, how did he get out of Brooklyn? I can't remember. I don't recall (laughs) that's what I mean. It was thoughtful for a half and then it just, okay, veered into another. okay. Don't, but don't worry. Don't even well, worry about that. Bottom line is it's just crazy. It's just crazy that they win those three games after the trade. And then Kyrie and Luca play together in that game in Sacramento. And since mm-hmm. then this team is six and 14. It's unbelievable. A quarter of the season. Like I well, certainly again, did not think this was going to go great. We've talked about this before. I couldn't have imagined they would be six and 14 in 20 games. And you can't playing. even say, well, not like at one point, JQ was like, we just want to get healthy, you know, going in the playoffs, dude, they were healthy and they lost twice in 36 hours to the Hornets. They're now four and nine with Luke and Kyrie in the lineup together. It's like the roster is just ridiculously flawed. Uh, you know, whatever, like we shouldn't waste a whole lot of, of breath on a team that very likely will be eliminated uh, by you know, next weekend, like they, they, their regular season finale might not oh, even man. matter. I'll tell you what, too. I mean, I think you mentioned this the other day, McMahon, but I've thought about it since. If they if they finish 11th, they miss the, the, the they, yeah. they finish in the last spot and then there's no luck in the lottery, which look, I mean, that would be amazing if they fell backwards into a top four pick, but the chances are low. They send the 11th pick to New York. Well, but I don't, I was thinking about this too. I don't know if it's in the worse. Porzingis trade, which is already a failure. Yeah. I don't know if it's worse to send the 11th pick to the Knicks or you get the 10th pick, but then because you still owe the Knicks a pick, you only have one pick to trade while you're trying desperately to keep Luca happy before, you know, doomsday hits. It's a, it's a bad situation. I was surprised. Speaking of stats, Williams, I hit him up. I'm like, how rare is it? that a team goes to the conference finals and then doesn't make the playoffs. 
the next year. And, oh, we have to go all the way back to last season's Clippers. And before that, <laughs> I have to go all the way back to the 1920 Warriors. But the thing is, like, I'm the, the teams that have done that in recent history, and there are several, no Kawhi Clippers, no Curry Clay slash KD had left Warriors, no LeBron, LeBron had left Cavaliers, PG had left the Pacers, LeBron had left the Heat, and Bosch missed half the season. Durant missed two-thirds of the season with a, a foot Spencer injury. Dinwiddie left the Mavericks. Yeah, well, honestly. Well, Jalen Brunson no, left the that's Mavericks. That's what I was saying. Well, that's, that's, what I, that's what I told uh, Stats. I said, what this list is proving, you know, 10-11 Suns, no Stoudemire. This list is proving Jalen Brunson's a damn superstar, baby. $104 million's <laughs> the best bargain in the NBA. Well, speaking of Spencer Dinwiddie, I looked this up today. And like, there's a whole bunch of circumstances with this stat. Okay. I'm not hanging everything on this stat. When they made the trade, they were the eighth best offense in the league. Spencer Dinwiddie out, Kyrie Irving in. Since then, they are the 10th best offense in the league. Their offense has got those guys missed a bunch of games, but well, and, and we did Luka not expect been, them to go backwards. Luca has been hurt. And then Luca, like the gas tank. Ain't close to full, brother. Like the load he carried early in the season and his conditioning concerns have caught up to him uh, toward the end of the season for sure. Well, and look, at the end of the day, this matters because, I mean, it matters on a lot of levels. Obviously, what happens with Kyrie this summer is going to matter on a lot of levels. And look, whether people in Dallas want to hear this or not, like I said, this was desperation trade from the moment they made it for the reason you pointed out, McMahon, they did not have a lot of picks to trade. They did not have a lot of assets to trade. Mm -hmm. They traded Dorian Finney-Smith and because they traded that 2029 first, it boxed them in on what they could really trade. And like yeah. you said, even if they do get the 10th pick in this draft, if they if they're not able to they, trade the pick this year, they have one pick to trade. Then. They have one pick to trade and they have nothing to do and they are stuck. Well, it's not necessarily true. They can trade the 10th pick after they make the selection. I understand. Right. But the point but is saying... they're 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 in a real small box oh listen man this is a and, this is a, a team building mm. problem i'm not gonna i mean it's a team building problem that they've got right now that's you know, it'd be true. nice it'd be nice if uh somebody was gonna chronicle that and maybe write a book about <laughs> what it's like to try to have one of the best young players in the league and put a championship team around him i can't i can't i i really hope somebody you know, really dives in and maybe writes a book about it keep keep be, an be eye on those great. shelves early 2024 Look at that. That's all. I'm all right. Bontemps coming up, McMahon, go. just like always. That's all I got. <laughs> Bontemps got to go. Thank you, McMahon. Thank you, Jackson and Bruce, our producers. Thank you for listening. We'll talk with you guys in a few days. Adios, amigos.